Bordy. Hello and welcome to the Big Travel Podcast. I'm actually doing a coronavirus special, words you never thought you'd say. Our most recent guest on the Big Travel Podcast was Bill Bailey. And even though we recorded him just over two weeks ago, it seems like a whole lifetime ago. We were in Malaga City Centre. It was myself, Bill, his tour manager and Alex, the editor or sound editor of this podcast. And the four of us had a really lovely lunch, having tapas and wine in a beautiful restaurant next to the cathedral. We strolled through the narrow alleyways of Malaga City Centre from Bill's amazing hotel, actually. I forget the name, but a really amazing hotel. And uh, and found this beautiful place recommended by my friend Carmen. And it was just you know, one of those fabulous, it was great fun to interview Bill, but it was just one of those fabulous travel experiences that we're all used to. The experiences of not even travel, but going out uh, where you live and, you know, here where I live in London, going to restaurants, going to bars, going to gigs, all these things we took for granted that now have been, you know, sadly taken from us. Obviously, There's more things at stake here than our freedom and our ability to travel. But as travellers, it hurts, actually. It really hurts. And I always say this when I'm talking about travel on TV and radios, that people travel for many, many different reasons. And I, at the moment, I've travelled the world. I've travelled to every continent, apart from Antarctica. But I've travelled to most continents and I travel for fun but at the moment since I had my children I travel for love I guess there's there's no other way of putting it because uh, I go most frequently to my hometown in Spain where I grew up where a lot of my friends are and where my family comes with me and, and where you know a, a big part of my of my heart is and I, I'm speaking to a lot of people on social media my friend Tack who you know is desperate to go home to Ireland to see her mum she hasn't seen her for a long time. She just wants to give her mum a cuddle. And I know Tack is a big um, fan of the podcast and will be listening. So hello, Tack, and I'm really feeling it for you. But yeah, people travel for a lot of reasons. It's not just about you getting your two weeks in the sunshine, although there's no harm in doing that. People do travel for all sorts of different reasons. And right now, people are stranded all over the world. Even if they're in their hometowns, they're stranded all over the world without being able to see the people that they care about. Their weddings have been cancelled. Their last visits to relatives and friends have been cancelled. All sorts of things have been cancelled. But one thing that has also been cancelled in a more shallow level is our, uh, you know, our, our trips out and our, our restaurants and our bars and our gigs and the stuff that... I certainly, and I know a lot of you, are passionate about. So that that hurts a little bit. And here in London, my life is very centred around the home because we're not going anywhere. I haven't gone anywhere for a week now, even though... London was, uh, England was on less of a lockdown than, than a lot of other countries around the world. The UK was, we had a little bit more freedom. I haven't sent the kids to school for a week. So I'm locked down in my, you know, I'm lucky. I've got a four bedroom terrace house in a leafy part of London. We've got a garden. We've got all the food that we need. We've got warm, we've got central heating if we need it. Luckily, we've been having a mini heat wave and hadn't, haven't needed it. We've got hot and cold running water. We've got books and toys and electronics and everything we need and thank goodness for the outdoor space because I know friends of mine in different countries in the UK as well are living without a garden at the moment and small kids and I know that's really difficult 
but we're really lucky. But on a day-to-day basis, it's still affecting me emotionally. You know, I, I, I'm enjoying spending time with the children, but, uh, you know, just every now and then, like a song comes on the radio or you talk to a friend and, you know, it really it really hits home that, that life is not the same at the moment and perhaps will never be the same again. But we have to hope, you know, we're travellers. The people that listen to this are travellers and interested interested in the human experience. And we have to hope that one day things will be the same normal again, maybe a new new level of normal, but we'll all be able to see those people that we love and we care about and go to those places that make our hearts sing and do all the things we want to do go and see the live music get together in restaurants and bars and cafes with our friends all those things we love anyway for the big travel podcast i am wittering on because that's what i do but for the big travel podcast i'm deciding to do a a few coronavirus specials and speak to people around the world about what they're going through right now i've got contacts all over the world and this week we're going to be speaking to a couple of people, one from Madrid and one from Connecticut in the USA. And we've also got, luckily, before we went into lockdown, I interviewed quite a few people. I interviewed Sophie Roberts, who's a travel writer and adventurer. Now, adventurers are people I didn't really know existed until I started doing this podcast, because I'm very much a traveller. I'm a holidayer, you know, I haven't slung on a backpack and gone trekking in Nepal for six months and, you know, chasing camels wherever. I just haven't. I've had travelled all over the world, but it's been a a lot of it has actually been luxury travel, not on my own um, payment, but, you know, when I've been paid by other people. So adventurers are something that I've been really exposed to since doing this podcast. And there's a really surprising amount of adventurers out there, not just, you know, the well-known ones like Levison Woods that are doing the TV programmes, but a lot of people that are just out there having incredible adventures in all sorts of far-flung corners of the globe. And Sophie Roberts is a travel writer and adventurer, and she's written a book called The Lost Pianos of Siberia, an incredible story about, basically, she traces how pianos... um, entered Russian culture under Catherine the Great, as I recall, and ended up being transported from the capitals and the big cities, so from, say, Moscow and St. Petersburg, to all these random little tiny places across the country you know sometimes on the back of donkeys she has the most fascinating stories and she's written this book and she's a really really great great guest we've also got a guy called Travis Elbra who I mean he was intelligent beyond my wildest dreams of intelligence and I couldn't I couldn't keep up with him his stories he's written a book he's written many books but one of them is called the atlas of vanishing places about disappearing places around the world and not just about places that are disappearing because of things like climate change climate change but places that are disappearing for all sorts of reasons you know western towns in the states that have just been abandoned and left to rot and he just has this this wonderful book and it's all about cartography as well it's all about maps and i interviewed him because he was one of the winners of a category in the stanford's travel awards i've spoken on the podcast before about the Stamford's Travel Shop in Covent Garden. It's been there 150 years. I Actually, I had the CEO, Vivian, on and they. I went to the awards the other day and uh, oh, back in the, I went to an awards ceremony in London days, you know, we were all socialising and touching each other. Not in that way. It wasn't that. It wasn't that sort of event. And um, and yeah, Travis has these incredible stories about these these vanishing places that he's visited and his mapped. Well, he his cartographer has mapped from all over the world. And um, also Victoria Hislop. Victoria Hislop 
is an author that I've read um, way before that I, I did the podcast. She wrote a book about called The Island, which is based in, in Greece. And it's the most wonderful travel stroke love story. I do love a love story that's based somewhere hot and sultry. And it's the most beautiful travel story. And then her follow up to that was called The Return. And it is based in a place very close to my heart, Granada. And it's this wonderfully romantic, passionate tale of people living in Granada under the Spanish Civil War. And that's a beautiful book. And funny enough, I met Victoria Hislop on a flight back from Malaga a year ago, because she actually remembered when I spoke to her. It was a year ago. And I had this crazy flight when I was with my two kids and husband. And in front of us was... um, Martin Lewis, the money-saving expert sitting in front of us. He has a house in Marbella. And behind us was Victoria Hislop. Now, Victoria Hislop's husband is Ian Hislop, who many of you will know as the editor of Private Eye and also very famous for lots of very intelligent and witty TV programmes like Have I Got News For You? So those two were sitting in behind us and in front of us was Martin Lewis and his wife. And it was a bit like sort of the Stella Street of aeroplanes. It was this unusual flight. Anyway, I thought, oh, wouldn't Victoria Hislop make a great guest on the Big Travel Podcast? And it's taken me this long to get her on. So we had a lovely chat. And yeah, those are my three guests that I've got lined up. However, I have done something today that I've never done before. And I've started recording remotely because all my Big Travel Podcast interviews before have all been done face to face. And as you know, we've had some quite well-known people on. And all of these interviews have been done face to face, sitting across these people with a nice little you know, photo and everything at the end. So I have now started to record remotely, mainly because I'm stuck at home and everyone else is stuck at home. We're not going to get anywhere, but it might give me access to people all around the world that previously I refused because I really wanted to do the face-to-face stuff, which brings me on to what we're going to do for the lockdown specials. Not every single episode over the lockdown weeks, however many they are, are going to be, is going to be a lockdown special, but today is, it's my first one, and I've spoken to two people. The first one, is Paul Burge. He's a BBC journalist and host of the When in Spain podcast, a podcast that does really well. The Big Travel podcast does really well in the podcast charts on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, as it is now. And uh, When in Spain does really well as well, particularly with an American audience. He's based in Madrid. I spoke to him earlier today and here he is. So tell me about the podcast. So I started the podcast um, and having a background in journalism and having had moved to Spain, I was looking for a creative outlet because when I first moved to Spain, I was working in kind of communications and marketing for a uh, social media company. But having had spent so many years back in the UK working as a journalist, creating my own little news reports and editing them and that whole creative process, I missed it basically. So I started uh, When in Spain podcast really as an outlet for me to kind of go back and revisit my days of, of, of being creative and particularly creative with audio as I, you know, I used to work in radio. And the other thing I think really was just that having moved to Spain was uh, a real inspiration actually for me to start the podcast. I think had I stayed back in the UK, I probably wouldn't have bothered doing it. I think immersing myself in a a new culture, uh, a new language, something completely different. Uh, Every day, you know, I was discovering something new and it was a real kind of motivation for me to talk about all of those things uh, that I was discovering each day, really, as a sort of outlet. I wanted to share it with other people who I thought, you know, might be interested in Spain or might be interested in moving to Spain and living here. 
And it does really well, doesn't it? I think like the big travel podcast, you're often quite high up the charts, I do see. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, the elusive uh, podcast charts. Um, yeah, it's in and out of the charts. It regularly charts in the top 10 or top 20, certainly in the UK and Spain uh, and in the USA, where the majority of the listeners are. Um, oh, interestingly, interesting. Yeah, the majority of the listeners actually are in the USA. I would say uh, overwhelmingly, probably two thirds of my listeners are actually in the, in the United States. In the United States. Um, yeah, and then after that, UK, Spain, and various other English-speaking countries as well. But it's interesting. You've know, got listeners in some super random and exotic locations all around the world. I love that. I lo- this is one of the things I love about the Big Travel Podcast. I think that last count, we had listeners in about 170 countries. And, you know, some of them are, are just really obscure. I don't know how they how they work out that people are listening in wherever they are. But um, as, a, as a travel obsessive, it's really exciting for me to watch, you know, to look at these places and think, wow, people are actually listening to us us there you know it's very exciting yeah I almost want to know who that person is (laughs) yeah I want to know I wish they'd get in touch I really wish they would but um, I'm talking to you today because you are in are you in Madrid are you in the city uh, yeah, I'm right in the centre of Madrid, right in the centre of the Spanish capital, um, in a neighbourhood called La Latina, which is, I guess, if anyone's been to Madrid, they probably know it. It's the part of the city where they set up the uh, weekly Sunday flea market called El Rastro. Um, quite a touristy neighbourhood, but also quite a sort of um, an everyday neighbourhood at the same time. Um, you know, it's a 10 minute walk from Plata Mayor, uh, Madrid's kind of famous and pretty uh, arcaded square. It's making me, it, it makes my heart ache even thinking of, of Spain and Madrid. And because normally at this time of year, I'm thinking, you know, I start to see all my best friends in, in Fangarola and in Malaga and across del Sol. I start to see them post their pictures of people on the beach and themselves on the beach drinking a cold <laughs> beer going, hey, hey, almost summer. And we're sitting in England and it's really not almost summer. However, right. my heart is aching yeah. for different reasons because we, as in pretty much the rest of the world, are now on lockdown. I mean, what is it like? What is Madrid like right now? Do you know what, uh, Lisa? It's it's been very strange to see a city like Madrid um, basically completely deserted and empty and like a ghost town. Um, I know that you've been to Madrid and, and anyone who knows the city just knows how vibrant, how noisy, how bustling it is. I mean, I know most big cities are, but I think Madrid is kind of almost another level. We're so used to being out in the streets, out on the terrazas, the tables and chairs outside in the squares next to the fountains, people hanging out in the squares and on the benches and parks. And there's none of that. Nothing. Uh, you know, I, I live in a quite busy, what is normally a busy part of the city. I look out my balcony and there's not a soul in the street. So it's, it's very strange to see a city um, like this, really. Um, you know, I've seen photos that people have taken walking around some of the main tourist sites, Gran Via, the big avenue full of shops. It's a bit like Madrid's Oxford Street, I suppose. Just empty. Nothing, no one there, everything closed. Um, so it's kind of eerie. It's a, an eerie atmosphere. And I have to admit, as fed up as I am as being kind of stuck indoors, I don't really like going out into Madrid and seeing it like this. For me, it's not the Madrid that I know. So it's almost better to pretend it's normal out there and you're just staying in. 
yeah, basically, you can stay in your apartment and you just sort of, you know, imagine that outside everything is carrying on, carrying, carrying on as normal. But as soon as you step outside, you realise that the situation is, you know, totally different. Is um, it, are you so, doing that eight o'clock at night clapping thing? I've seen a lot of people in Spain are going out on their balconies and terraces and roof terraces and gardens and mm-hmm. clapping at 8pm for, uh, yeah. for, the, for the health and, and medical uh, services. That's right. I think this has sort of become really for many people the highlight of their day. Um, yeah, eight o'clock every evening. It's called the Aplauso Sanitario, uh, which is the applause, uh, basically showing thanks and solidarity for uh, Spain's health workers. So people go out onto their balconies uh, eight o'clock every evening, banging pots and pans and cheering and whistling and clapping uh, to show support for Spain's health workers. But actually not only for them, um, really showing support for everyone who is any in any kind of frontline job, police, street cleaners, supermarket staff, anyone who's kind of helping things keep moving as much as they can and, uh, you know, can't work from home. So it's a really heartwarming uh, and fun five minutes every evening. And the lovely thing about it actually has been that, you know, people have started sort of talking to their neighbours more. Uh, certainly in the apartment building that I live in, you know, you might nod and say hi on the staircase. But since this has been happening, people get chatting with each other across their balconies. And uh, so it's been a good way of sort of building stronger relationships with your neighbours, I guess, as well. But there's been lots of other things going on on balcony as well <laughs> <laughs> that's that sounds a bit ominous like what you mean like uh, i've seen uh, video footage of people in italy you know singing opera and playing music and djs you know that sort of thing or, or what sort of thing are you talking about <laughs> Yeah, that did sound a little bit odd. It did sound a bit odd. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we want to know what you've, else you've been doing on your balcony. But uh, <laughs> go on, tell me. No, like you said, I think uh, yeah, Spain sort of took a lead from what we'd seen in Italy, and uh, I've seen images of uh, some amazing things happening. Bingo, uh, balcony bingo has been happening. I've seen it in Madrid. I've seen it on the TV um, of people. You know, one one person deciding to be the bingo caller everyone goes out on the balcony uh, i don't know quite how it works how they get their bingo cards but anyway balcony bingo i've seen <laughs> exercise classes exercise classes on rooftops which are overlooked by balconies so you have one guy giving like zumba classes to all of the people uh, who can see him from their balconies and lots of live music i've heard lots of music in the neighborhoods um in my neighborhood particularly at the weekend you know we've had live music i've had flamenco i've heard uh djs playing live music uh song called Resistere or something like that I think which is like we will resist yes. it's a common uh, classic <laughs> tune I think from the ni- early 90s that's being busted out uh, every weekend as well one of my favorite stories actually which I saw was a couple who actually got married on their balcony um up in uh, Acarunia in Galicia in the north of Spain um, had their wedding planned and had to obviously cancel at the last minute and decided to have their ceremony on their balcony and had all of their neighbours as uh, as well as their guests and their witnesses as well which I think is just uh, fantastic. Amazing, yeah I mean, it, just, it just beggars belief that this is happening, I mean not just in Spain but all over the world, you know India's on lockdown now for example, every single country has something going on but I was in Spain three weeks ago interviewing Bill Bailey in a cafe in Malaga next to the cathedral. We had cheese, we had wine, we strolled around the streets. We'd seen him at the at his show the night before in Torremolinos. And I messaged him the other day to say the podcast was live.
five, whatever. And he said, I cannot believe that it was just at that point, just last week we were sitting there. He said, it seems like a, just a whole other lifetime away. You know, life has changed beyond belief. And I only hope, I mean, you know, we haven't even talked about the awful um, infection rate and the awful death rate, particularly in Spain, you know, which is yeah. not far behind Italy. I guess we'll, you know, we, we, we don't need to talk about that. We, we know, we feel dreadful about it but in terms of like lifestyle I can't believe how things have changed so quickly and I just only hope that you know we get this under control and it just goes back to normal soon but I mean who knows yeah I agree absolutely right the sooner the better I think that's one of the big problems you know for anyone in for everyone in this situation it's that it's that not knowing it's that element of uncertainty of how long could this go on for and I think you know in the back of our minds I think really deep down we know that you know it's going to be a very long time mm. before we get back to completely pre-coronavirus times. But I think the question is, when can we at least get back to some semblance of normality? When can we start to go outside? When can we go and have a beer in the local bar? Uh, when can we you know, walk around and be outside? Um, you know, we just don't know at the, mo- at the moment. We've had 10 days of uh, national emergency here in Spain. That's just been extended now for another two weeks until the 11th of April. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty difficult. I, mean, I think it's difficult, you know, for people who are used to being outdoors a lot. And the Spanish very much so, you know, because of the weather. I mean, I say luckily, I've been speaking to my friends down in Malaga and luckily it's been raining a lot, which uh, it makes that makes them less inclined to uh, <laughs> to want to go out. Not that they can go out anyway, but um, I mean, and actually Spain has been very, very strict about the lockdown laws, a lot more strict than, than we have here. Um, yes. I've heard reports of people being fined on the spot, you know, a thousand euros just for having someone else in their car and things like that so well that, that's right and in fact i think yesterday they uh, sentenced uh, the first person to prison for flouting the quarantine rules uh, uh, someone has been sentenced to four months in prison uh, for that and yeah you're right um, over 900 people have been arrested since this started for not obeying the uh, the quarantine rules and like many thousands of more have also been issued fines uh, as well. Yeah. So, I mean, the police are doing, I think, you know, a good job. Um, they've also drafted in the army, certainly in the center of Madrid, you will see uh, military presence in sort of main intersections and the main, uh, you know, the big squares like Sol, Gran Via, these kinds of places. Um, but I think, you know, for the most part, people are respecting uh, the quarantine are, and are only going out for what they're allowed to do, which is to go to a supermarket, a pharmacy, to go to their job and uh, to walk their dog. Dogs are hot property now. Yes. <laughs> I've seen all sorts of people like faking dogs on leads and like using a dying a mop black and pretending yeah. it's a dog and everything. There must people are getting, I mean, that's the one thing that comes out of this. People are getting very inventive online, you know, anyone with a talent. I'm trying to think, I don't really have a talent. Maybe if you can count talking up there, I can't sing or perform or teach anyone I don't think there's anything I can teach anyone at all but if I did I'd be if I could and had this talent I'd be out there you know recording it right now and sharing it with the world yeah why not people are definitely getting creative online I obviously I've been invited to an online virtual wine tasting a Cata de Vinos um I've had we at the weekend we had a, an online virtual party so we had some canyas 
of beer <laughs> with some oh. friends and music um, and also yeah lots of things I've been seeing popping up on social media here in Spain quizzes pub quizzes wine tasting exercise classes lots of different things so yeah, I've, people- I've got a I've got a virtual um, dinner party set up for uh, I think it'll just involve wine actually and you know some beans on toast <laughs> crack open a few of the more tins um, but uh, let's look ahead to brighter times and yeah, even what's what's your what's your favorite thing about living in Spain Oh, that's a great question. It's quite a difficult one to answer. There's so many. I think, you know, what we've said, for me, it's that outdoors lifestyle. I mean, even in somewhere like Madrid, which is a very big capital city, um, and, you know, it doesn't have the kind of necessarily the Mediterranean climate that people think of. It can get pretty cold in winter. It gets really hot in the, in the summer. But it's just about that, being outdoors, being uh, sitting outside, enjoying just simple food, a beer, uh, a glass of wine, and watching the world go by, being part of that kind of street ambience, that atmosphere, the, uh, the, the ambiente or la marcha, as they call it here in Spain. It's just being part of that and soaking it up um, for me, uh, you know, on an almost everyday basis uh, here in Spain. You know, it's that bar culture. It's that outdoors culture. It's a mix of all those things. And of course, the great tapas. Oh. Uh, well <laughs> absolutely i really can't wait until we're back there so tell us uh, about the podcast where can we what is it where can we find it because this is a great opportunity to cross over listeners if uh, for, i've got a lot of listeners on the big travel podcast and they uh, should be listening to your podcast too Okay, great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, it's called When in Spain, and it's a weekly show. I try to keep it weekly. Sometimes it's fortnightly. Um, All about Spain. Basically, it's about culture, travel, my observations on life here in Spain as a a non-Spanish person. Uh, We look at work, language, uh, food. Um, I have uh, special guests on the podcast uh, fairly often, a guest who knows best talking about one aspect of uh, life in Spain. So there's lots of episodes where there's practical advice if people are thinking of coming to travel or move here or work in Spain. Really, it's uh, it's a bit of everything. And you can find it on all of the usual podcast uh, platforms. It's on uh, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, Android applications, Google Podcasts, or you can just Google it and stream it. It's in all the usual places. And uh, yeah, um, basically, it's sort of a, a general podcast about Spain, but with a slightly more irreverent look at things, I suppose. Well, I think we should check in with you again and have you on as a proper, you, you are a proper guest here, but this is a lockdown <laughs> special, so it's not as long as normal, but maybe we'll talk to you again about your travels, your wider travels, and uh, we can have you on the uh, on the podcast again in the, in the, in the near future. Sure, it'd be my pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Lisa. Well, it's really interesting to hear what's happening in Spain because I'm getting updates from my friends in Malaga and actually in Madrid and also in Sevilla and other places, Seville that is, every day, you know, I'm reaching out to them and saying, how are you? How are you coping? And I know, you know, I have to be honest, not all of them are coping well. It's not easy. They've been on lockdown longer than we have. Some of them are stuck in apartments with no outdoor space and they've got kids and the weather, surprisingly, isn't very good there. It's been beautiful and sunny here in London. I don't know about the rest of the UK but we've had some beautifully sunny days and uh, I know it's really hard and my heart goes out to my my friends in Spain and uh, and everyone you know struggling because of this. So the second person I've got on I spoke to this afternoon is Daniel Desir and she's the host of the Thought Card podcast and she's in the USA she's in Connecticut. 
So why don't you tell us who you are? Tell us who you are, first of all. I know exactly who you are because I talk to you a lot online and you do some wonderful work and you're very enthusiastic about the world of podcasting and travel and money savings. But why don't you uh, why don't you tell us who you are? Yes. Well, thank you, Lisa, again, for having me on today. My name is Danielle Desir, and I am the creator of The Thought Card, an affordable travel finance blog and podcast. And I really focus on tying money and travel together. And I have three most important pillars of my brand are how do you afford to travel? How do you pay off debt? And how do you build wealth? And uh, yeah, it's great. I remember when I was in London a couple months ago, I wanted to hang out and see you. So I'm super excited to actually be on here and talking to you today. I know it's a shame we didn't manage to get to hang out. Lots of people say, oh, I'm going to be in London and hang out. And do you know what? I never managed to do it. I'm, I've got two young children. I'm just so busy. And then you want you want to do these things and you don't. And now I tell you what, I'm regretting saying anything that I ever said <laughs> no to. Because I mean, yeah. are we ever going to go out again? That is the question. Maybe delay. I think I think things will definitely get better over time. But right now, it, it's just interesting to see how how countries are operating. And um, for me in the US, things are changing every single day, I'm sure in London as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, things are changing by the hour. You know, we are now on proper lockdown. We weren't the day before yesterday. I'm not really sure. It's all rolling into one now. But you are in Connecticut. And tell us tell us what the situation is there. Yeah. So this is actually day 12 for me, day 12 of just self-quarantining. I actually am able to work remotely. I work in Midtown Manhattan, which is about an hour and a half from Connecticut. So I was so thankful for me not having to do a a long commute every single day. So it's been 12 uh, full days of being here in Connecticut. And things are really, um, really scary over here because there's over um, 618 lab confirmed cases in Connecticut and over half of them are in the county that I live in, which is Fairfield County. And uh, in addition to COVID-19, there's also the flu, which is very active right now. So people are getting encouraged to get vaccinated. So there's like two things we have to worry about, getting the flu and also potentially getting COVID-19. Oh, you know, nobody's actually mentioned the actual flu here for a while, apart from when people were saying, oh, it's just like a flu. And then actually, you know, as more and more stats come out and more and more feedback from people who've got it. So obviously, some people do get it quite mildly, but a lot of people going uh, saying, no, this is not like the flu. This is even more. I mean, the flu can be pretty hardcore, can't it? But a lot of people were saying, you know, that it, it's actually a lot more than that. But I was reading that in Connecticut, there was the, a party on the 5th of March that is known as Party Zero. Have you heard about this? No, I have not. I um, it was just when I was Googling Connecticut, because I had to remind myself where it was. I mean, I, as a travel professional, I haven't actually been. I've been to a lot of states. And of course, you, you work in central uh, Manhattan in New York City, which I absolutely love. But I was just reminding myself, uh, you know, where it was. And it is, like you said, you're about an hour and a half drive uh, into New York, just above there. And um, there was a party called uh, calling Party Zero, where uh, several people got together for a 40th birthday party in Connecticut. And then since then, they all went back to their respective places all over the globe and just spread the virus. So in a way, it's, it's your, you know, home state 
audience that is responsible not for the whole thing <laughs> obviously but for a lot of the uh, a lot of the spreading not spreading the love I'm afraid oh my gosh it is really really interesting times we are in right now because our governor is asking all of the all of our residents here in Connecticut to quote-unquote stay safe stay home which means that all non-essential personnel should be working from home right now so we can't even go to restaurants and eat at restaurants right now uh, the roads are pretty empty so if you're if you're considered a key an essential um, employee you get to go to work physically but if not everyone's working from home and guessing travel podcaster is not up there in the uh, in the key not workers. And no. um, what were you doing? What is the uh, you have a day job, obviously, that you do in in Manhattan? What's that? Yeah, so I'm a grant manager at uh, a medical school in New York City, and pretty much what I do is I help physicians, research faculty, and staff compile their applications and send them off to all different types of funders, like the federal government or foundations. So I really help them really to strengthen their application and make sure that all their their eyes and dots are crossed and, t- and dotted and things like that. Hang on, their their eyes are crossed and their T's are dotted. Jeez, is that there right? you go. There you go. <laughs> I think it's actually the other way around, but I'm sure you're doing uh, you're doing what you should do. So you're working from home now. What does that look like in Connecticut? What you know? What what does that look like? Great. So the the good thing for me about it is that I've actually been able to work remotely. My schedule is two days a week remote work. So I'm familiar with how to remote work my setup. I like to set my office actually in my kitchen. My kitchen is a really large open space, which allows for lots of sunlight. And for me, the sunlight is so important for me to feel Mm. energized. Um, So I wake up, take a shower, get some coffee. I do try to wake up a couple hours before I have to log in at work so that I can check my emails, wind, you know, wind down, meditate, read, whatever the case may be. So I'm not like waking up rushing uh, to start the day. So I do take a couple of a uh, couple of hours to myself in the morning and making sure that I batch batch uh, cook my meals impressive, for lunch. Very impressive. Uh, Um, So that really helps me. So I'm not having to cook a lot of food at lunch. All I have to do is put it in the oven or the microwave and I'm able to just like quickly grab a bite to eat. And a lot of it is like email communication with my office. So it's like really being online and available to answer questions. Our phones are forwarded so you could still call our our work lines and still be able to communicate like we would be in the office. And you're you're a traveler, you know, you, you travel far and wide. You're always off to various countries. How is this? How are you feeling? I mean, how is this affecting you mentally? Because I don't know about you. I'm, I'm really struggling. You know, I'm, I'm happy now. I'm happy that I'm talking to you. I'm happy when I'm talking to my friends and when I'm doing some work. But there's plenty of days, times throughout the day when I'm like verging on tears. If I hear a song on the radio, you know, or anything that start to really think about what's going on, you know, I'm, I'm sobbing into my cup of tea. So, I mean, mentally as a, as a traveler, how, how are you feeling right now? It's very challenging because I had quite a few trips planned. My partner and I, my actually fiance, we got engaged two days ago. I know. Congratulations. (laughs) I saw that on social media. I was so excited for you. It's such a lovely time getting engaged. It's such fun. Oh my gosh. I just didn't think that during quarantine I would be getting engaged, but it's still, it still was an amazing experience. I bet you thought you'd be on a beach somewhere in the Maldives or the top of a mountain, but actually did it happen in quarantine in your house? In my kitchen. Excellent. I love it. I love it. And were you prepared for it? Were you in your pajamas, you know, eating a loaf of slice of toast or something? I was not prepared. Like my nails are not done. Oh yeah, because you need to show off your ring, don't you? 
you, you know. Exactly. <laughs> I did ask him. I was like, please, babe, if you're going to propose, let me make sure I have things together. He did not abide. Oh, but that's, that's totally so fine. Romantic, though. <laughs> and, I mean, imagine the story. Hopefully, you know, we'll all be out of this soon rather than later, at least one day. And, you know, the stories you'll be able to tell about when you got engaged, you know, it's going to be quite romantic when you look back on it. Exactly, exactly. But as a traveler, it's been really, really challenging because a part of me, I follow a lot of flight deals and that's how I'm able to travel affordably. And there are so many flight opportunities now, good flight deals that I see, but I don't want to commit to making a purchase if we don't even know when this will be over. So for me, it's really hard to see the opportunities and not know if I should invest, if I should invest in these trips or not in the future. So it's just been a good opportunity for me to uh, stay home and for me to do a lot of learning as a content creator. I'm constantly, there's so many different parts of our our jobs that we have to do. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been devoting enough time to certain aspects. So I've just been using that time to funnel all this pent up energy of wanting to travel and learning instead. Well, I think you're doing a marvelous job of just, you know, making the best out of it. You know, you're getting engaged in your kitchen, your batch cooking, you're <laughs> looking at travel deals and still working from home. And I, for one, am very impressed. And I hope to have you on the Big Travel Podcast properly when next time. I mean, this is good to have you on because we're talking about the lockdown special. We've had Paul Burge from Madrid on. We've got you from the States on. And we're going to be speaking to another couple of people. I'm also going to be releasing a few proper uh, interviews with people because this is just like a little chat and conversation we haven't even delved into your vast travel experience but we'll have you on next time we'll have you on properly and and do the full big travel podcast experience appreciate it and i cannot wait for next time oh and well done with all the work you're doing because you're so motivated and you motivate me you do you really do i see all your stuff you're doing online and it's uh, it's brilliant so thank you so much for coming on the big travel podcast good luck with the lockdown and let's hope we're all uh, you know not in it for for that long cheers thank you Thank you so much for listening and for indulging me with me wittering on about how heartbroken I am about the not being able to travel. But, you know, like I said, it's it's more than that. It You know, travel is not just about holidays. Travel is about people going to see the people they love, the places they love, you know, hugging your friends, seeing the family you love and the people that we can't get close to when we're not allowed to travel. So I really do hope that travel resumes soon, that we enter into a maybe a calmer world, you know, there has been some benefit about us all taking a a step back, but a a world when we can all be together with the people that we care about again and, and sort of travel freely and appreciate, wow, seriously appreciate how wonderfully rich this life experience is, the life experience when we can see our friends and family, when we can go out to cafes, when we can walk down the street in the sunshine and just embrace all those things that we're not allowed to do right now but hopefully you know we'll all get through this healthily and we will be able to do so soon hi my name is Kay adams and to be honest i'm not so good with the aging process so i enlisted my old chum the filter-free cara mckenzie to advise could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.